Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. So here is Jesus preaching to the multitude. And and it says here that the crowd pressed about him. And so this word keeps coming up, the word pressing. Anytime that I'm studying lately, the word pressing continues to come up. So there, so when it comes to spiritual breakthrough, this really has nothing to do with the message, but I wanted to, to share this part. Um, the, when it comes to spiritual breakthrough, right, there is a pressing about, a pressing about, then there is a pressing through. See, pressing through is when you are desperately trying to get through Jesus, desperately trying to get through something to get to Jesus. Are you with me so far? So some type of barrier that's preventing you from getting to Jesus. So you're desperately, so you're pressing through. You're trying to get to Jesus. So let's just shift our attention for a moment to, um, to the, a woman with the issue with uh, blood, right? So I, I know we're familiar with this uh, passage of Scripture, uh, but I just still would like to read it, all right? So that way we can, we can kind of talk about her life experience here, all right? So go to Mark 5, uh, 25, and we'll go back over to our main text, right? So verse, uh, verse 24, actually, let's go to, uh, Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in a crowd has suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. Some verses said she pressed through the crowd. For she, she, she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the, the bleeding stopped and she could find in her body in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that the healing power had gone out from him, so he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask? Touch me. There's a lot of people there. Everybody's touching you, Jesus. But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then then the woman frightened, then the frightened woman trembled at the realization of what had happened to her and came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. You, your suffering is over. Your suffering is over. Your suffering is over. The pressing, your suffering is over. So you have to remember, this woman was well known in her area. But she had this condition 
for 12 years, 12 years, she had this condition. Can you imagine having something for 12 years? If you read the book of Leviticus and about the loss, she was deemed unclean. So everything that she touched, everywhere that she sat, everyone that she touched were deemed unclean because of her. Can you imagine dealing with this, this label for 12 years? It was defining. This was her life. This, was, this is how people define her. Well, you know the woman with the issue of blood because we say it now. The woman with the issue of blood. She was defined by her condition. Can you imagine that? But she had a, she had a breakthrough because she, she, she pressed through the crowd. She pressed through the crowd to get to Jesus. Do you know how many people she had to touch to get through the crowd? As a matter of fact, as I was meditating on the scripture, right, do you know how many people of Jesus passed by and they didn't know that he was our Savior? But she did. She was like, no matter what, I'm going to press through the crowd to get to him. And so when she touched, when she reached out and touched his robe, she was made whole. So what is she teaching us? She is teaching us that the promises of God is in our reach. All we have to do is press through. So when we talk about spiritual breakthrough, there is a pressing, right? A pressing through to get to Jesus. I don't know what you're facing right now. You may be facing a, some type of barrier or if it's a, a sickness or whatever. God is saying, just press through. Press through. Just keep pressing. That means keep coming. Don't give up. I know we're dealing with a pandemic, but press through. Press through to get to Jesus. See, see, some of them might, didn't know that he was our Savior, but she did. So, so, so all she did was press through to get to him because she knew that he can heal her. Everyone else she touched, every doctor she touched, everyone that she touched in the crowd did not heal her. It was only one person she knew that can heal her. It's only one person, and that is our, uh, our Jesus Christ. Amen. So only, one, so only Jesus, only Jesus can give us that peace, give us the healing that we need. That we need. Are you with me? Come on, give them a shout. Because are you with me? She showed us the promises of God is in our reach. And it's amazing. Jesus stopped moving. He knows someone touched him. Because the healing power, it says, was drawn out of him. He felt her touch. He didn't initiate it. She did. Jesus was just a conduit to her healing. So he stopped. He looked. He says, who touched me? See, her faith pressed through. Her faith reached out. Her faith touched. Her faith received. Not Jesus, but her faith. Not Jesus' faith, but her faith. Are you with me? What are you prepared to press through to get to Jesus? What are, what are you prepared to press through to get to Jesus? It's a little quiet. It's a place this morning. Come on. So in this text, it was a pressing about. So there's a pressing through, and there's a pressing about. So here's a 
a multitude of people just pressing about Jesus. I love Luke out, out of all the Gospels because Luke is very descriptive in his writing, right? He paints a good picture for us. I love reading Luke, right? So, so the crowd was pressing about Jesus. Like, I can imagine, like, the crowd was just pressing, like, Jesus, come on, preach, Jesus. Preach. They are pressing about the word of God. Preach. They are probably saying, preach, Jesus. Give us a word. We need a word. We need a word from you, Jesus. Come on, preach. Preach. We need a word. Tell us more. We want more. They were hungry for the word of God. Of all these Christians going to be hungry for the word of God. They were pressing about the word. They was pressing on the anointing. They was like, come on, Jesus. Give us a word. Preach. Preach. They were backing them up in the corner just like, preach, preach. I wish I was there. No, I wish I was there and to take notes. Imagine having notes of Jesus' sermons that's not in the Bible. I wish I was there. The things that he said, right? They were pressing about him. They were pressing, like, preach Jesus. All the, all, can you imagine all the words that they were able to receive, to hear from him? They were like, preach, preach. They backing them up, backing them up, backing them up. All of a sudden, the text says, Jesus saw. He saw two boats. So as the multitude of people were just pressing about him, there had to be a lot of people. So in the midst of all those people, the, the text says that Jesus saw two boats. We serve a God who sees us. So no matter what chaos is going on, no matter what's going on in our lives or, or, or in this world, God sees us. We serve a God that sees us. Yeah. Right? So the multitude was just pressing about him, but he saw two boats. Two boats. He not only sees us, he also sees every one of our days, which are preordained and written in his book. He sees us. We serve a God. That he sees us. And I thought, like I was, I was preparing for this. I was preaching this in, in my heart. I was like, people are going to be standing up, shouting on this part. It's like, we, we serve a God that sees us. You at home, do you know God sees you? Do you know God is looking at every situation right now? He's not just looking at your current circumstances. He's looking at your future. He's looking at your destiny. He's ordered, he has ordered your steps, and he has given you a word, and he's watching over that word, and now he's going to perform it. Yeah. Amen? So we serve a God that sees us. Like, he sees what's going on in our lives. He sees what exactly what we need. He watches over us. We, we serve a God who sees us. When we trust Christ and our eyes are open in faith, for the first time, we clearly see God. So here's the thing. We serve a God who sees us, but the real question is, do we see him? No, do we see him in every aspect of our life? Do we see his hand moving on our lives? Or did we forget? That as Pastor Steve said, God is God. He is still God. Is he still God to you? Is he still moving in your life? Do we see him in every aspect of our lives? That's the real question today. We, see, we serve a God who sees us, but do we see him? Do we see him? Right? I love Hagar in, in Genesis 16, 13. It says, I have now seen 
I have now seen the one who sees me. I have now seen the one who sees me. So he saw God moving in his life. He saw God's hand on his life. He says, now I know that he sees me. I saw him. He see, he's, I, I've seen him. He sees me. That's where we have to get. Like, like I said, okay, God, like I see you. And I feel like God's saying that. I see you. I see you, God. I see you. Yeah, I see you. I see you. Right? We need to see God moving in our lives. Amen? We serve a God. Who sees us? He's, we serve a God who sees us. So, here's Jesus. What did Jesus do next? Right, as he looked over the two boats, he looked over the two boats, and as Simon stepped out of the boat, Jesus stepped in. Let that one marinate right now because you may not be getting this right now how how incredible this is how powerful this is as Simon stepped out of his boat he was done he was kept, he caught no fish he was done now he this is uh, fishing at this time was big business he was a professional fisherman so um, this was big business so to go home empty was a big deal so you, you're kind of getting it so as he stepped off of his boat, Jesus stepped in. He stepped off. Jesus stepped in. Do you know Jesus is attracted to our emptiness? He's, he's, so he doesn't just see us. He steps in when there's a need. So Simon and the rest of the disciples were having a bad day fishing. They were coming up empty. And so, so Jesus stepped in. Jesus stepped in to their emptiness. He stepped in. So we serve a God who would step. He sees us, and he would step in. Empty. God's attracted to our emptiness. Amen? So God is now shaking things up in our life, shaking those things that do not belong, that does not look like him right now. He's shaking those things up until we come up empty. Until we come up empty. All those things that are, are affecting you in a negative way, he's shaking, he's shaking it up. This doesn't belong. He's in your home right now shaking things up. He's shaking things up until you come up empty. Until you come up empty. Because God is attracted to our emptiness. Amen? Oh, man. Pastors, you got to help me out. It's rough up there. It's rough up, it's rough up here this morning. I mean, he's shaking, he is shaking, he is shaking things up in our lives. See, if you're always enough, God will never step in. He's only attracted to emptiness. I feel empty every time I preach. God, step in. Step in and fill me up with your spirit. Come on, how many people here need the feeling right now? How many people need some more Jesus in their life? Amen? So he's, saying he's shaking things up, things that you've been holding on to years. He's shaking them up, shaking them up. Release those things. He wants, he wants you to come up empty. So he came. He stepped into the boat, to Simon's boat. He said, you know, go out a little bit. So he had to preach from the boat. So he preached to the multitude because they were pressing about him. So he needed a little bit of room, right? So he was preaching from the, from the boat. And then after he was done preaching, 
He looked at Simon. He said, let's go deeper. This is the second part of the message. So he gave the multitude the shallow message. <laughs> so he said, now let's go, let's, let's go deeper. Let's, let's go deeper, deeper. See, I know. So God is calling us deeper in our lives. Like he refused to allow us to go back to business as usual. No, no, no. After the world goes through the same crises, right, he would not allow us to go back to things as usual. You can't go back. There's opportunities in crisis. This opportunity, God still moves in the midst of Christ. What is he saying to you? He refused to allow us to go back to, to business as usual, right? So I know, like, so he's here to disrupt your routine. So I know you pray a certain time a day, uh, a certain amount of time, a, a week, a, a whatever you, you read your word every now and then, or whatever. But God is, God is saying that, no, that, so that might have been working for you over the years. You probably caught a lot of fish. But now in the season of your life, right, you're coming up empty. You're coming up empty. So God is saying to us, let's go a little bit deeper. Let's go a little bit deeper. He will not allow us to go back to business as usual. Come on, turn to someone and say, God said, go deeper. Go deeper. Just go deeper. I know they can't understand you because you have your mask on or whatever. Some of you don't matter. Just tell them to go deep. Just say, just come. God's saying that. Go. Let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. A relationship has to get stronger with him. The church needs to be the answer of problems that's going on now. God's called the church for these times. Amen? So he needs to strengthen Christians right now, people that's been saved for years. He is calling you deeper. He is calling you deeper. See, Simon had a special call in his life, right? So he, he, started, he called him deeper. He said, let's, 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 go, let's go deeper. How many are willing to go deeper with the Lord? So I love the definition that the Webster Dictionary gives us. And I want them to uh, uh, post it here. And I love it. So it says, extending far below the surface. Descending far downward. Profound. <laughs> One of my favorite parts. Opposed to shallow. Opposed to shallow. Piercing a great way. Another good one. Not superficial. Now, we all need to say that together. Not superficial. Uh, you're not convinced. Not superficial. Just quickly, just take down your mask a little bit, and we say it together just quickly, real quick, real quick. Not superficial. Amen, amen, amen. So, or obvious, hidden, secret, heartfelt, intricate, intricate. So, heartfelt. So, to highlight some of the things I want to highlight, not superficial, opposed to shallow, God wants to take us far below the surface in our relationship with himself. Far below the surface. Like, far below what's going on right now. Far below to what, you're, what you experienced in the past. Far below that. That means he wants to go deep. That means things in your life are going to be different because you're going to connect more with God. See, this relationship must not 
be superficial. It must be the real thing, he's saying. It must be heartfelt. It must be heartfelt, right? A true, meaningful, and life-changing relationship with God. A heartfelt relationship. It means God has your whole heart. He has all your commitment. He has your will. He has everything, right? He has your whole heart. Amen? Say, God, take all of me. I, just take all of me. He has your whole heart. And when that happens, your actions will, ref it will reflect your actions. Amen? When God has your whole heart, it will reflect your actions. Your whole heart. A heartfelt, like a heartfelt relationship. A heartfelt relationship. That means that we need to, we need to nurture God's presence. We need to nurture his word. Amen? Do you know whatever God gives us is always in seed form? And we need to nurture it in our heart. And so that way that seed will, will, will take root, take deep roots, right? So everything that God gives us is in seed form, right? And so the word of God comes to us in seed form as we nurture, right, that seed. Revelation of truth of that word comes, <laughs> right? So when we read the word of God, we simply read it. it sometimes it don't mean much to us. Or when we read it with a hunger of, uh, in our hearts, right, for truth of that word, it takes root in our heart. So whatever God gives us, he gives it to us in seed form. We need to nurture whatever God gives us, right? He gives us relationships, right? So we need to nurture relationships that are pleasing to God. God is most concerned of how we act toward people, how we, how we work within our relationships with our mate, our neighbors, and most importantly, with him. We need to nurture relationships, nurture relationships. So your behaviors and your actions are the result of what you nurture. I, you know, uh, uh, racism is a sin issue. No, we don't need to try to get off spiritual about it. It's just, it's a sin issue. Because anything that's sinful, it's nurtured. So I love what uh, Pastor John Moratori said in our Connecticut campus. He used the illustration of putting um, uh, a white kid or a black kid or being a kid in the crib together, uh, a baby in the crib together. Use the illustration. Do they know racism? How would they know if it's nurtured? So you become what you nurture. Right? This is why we need to give our hearts. It's a sin issue. Sin issue. That's why we need to give our hearts and ask God for forgiveness of what this world is going through. We need to be the answer. We need to practice nurturing healthy relationships. No matter what the color is. The purple people come in. The yellow people come in. The green Martians come in. It don't matter. 
We got it. We need to nurture healthy relationships. Healthy relationships. Amen. He tells us how to do it. This is a challenge, right? We know this scripture all the time. He says, love the Lord with all of your heart, all of your soul, right? Right? And then he says, the second one, it says, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. No matter what they look like. That's a challenge. So as a church, as a church, we need to keep these commandments. We should ask ourselves, how am I doing with this commandment? How am I doing with this commandment? So our relationship with the Lord, right, cannot be superficial. He's coming after the superficial Christians. Because crisis is revealing. It will reveal who you stand for. So just to echo what Pastor Steve said, that Josh had said during our servant circle, it's like, we don't need to choose sides. Let's just choose God. Because if you stand with God, you never choose sides. Because you're always going to him. You're always in his presence, right? And he's always speaking to you. So our relationship with God cannot be superficial. That's why God's calling us deep, so it won't be superficial. It's, so a relationship with God must be heartfelt, and a relationship with God must be hidden. And the, hidden in a way where God will hide you for a season. God will hide you during, during certain times of your life. This is the time where God is hiding us. Having, you know, he has our full attention. He has us alone. It's that alone time with God. And we start recognizing his voice. When we spend that alone time with him, we, start, we can start hearing, his, we start hearing his voice. If you read the book of Samuel, 1 first, first Samuel, it talks about how Samuel was young. He was with his mentor, e- Eli, right? And they went to bed at night, and, um, and then he heard um, his name called Samuel, Samuel. And he thought it was Eli. So he ran to Eli's room. He's like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Just paraphrasing. Yes, sir. Eli said he didn't call him. Went, went second time, third time. So then the, the fourth, uh, so the third time, Eli said, just go back. Just go back to bed and, t- and, tell, and tell the Lord that you're here. Tell the Lord that you're here. And then he was able, Samuel was able to hear God's voice. God wanted Samuel alone. Eli could not speak to uh, Eli could not speak to uh, from God to what he, uh, Samuel needed. Yeah. Right? Eli couldn't speak for God to Samuel because of the destiny that Samuel had. So, so God had that alone time. Alone time with Samuel, he was able to reveal his voice. Is anyone out there? Yeah. So God doesn't want our relationship with him to be superficial. He wants a relationship with great depth. A deep, a deep relationship with him. Maybe Simon was fishing in the shallow too long. And now it was time to go deeper. Maybe we've been serving God too long in the shallow. 
Amen? He wants us to go deeper. He doesn't want us to be shallow. See, some shallow Christians only want the benefit, right? But not the commitment. All the benefits that God has, but don't want to count the cost of following him. This was this whole message about, about Jesus was calling them out to where they were, out of where they were to follow him to go deeper. See, the greatest problem with shallow Christians is they get saved and then they go on autopilot. God's just calling us deeper. There's so much that God has for us. He's like, come on, I need you to go deeper. Keep following me. I need you to go deeper. I need you to go deeper. All right? So we don't need to be an autopilot. God wants us to continue to seek him, to be used by him. Not just at church, wherever you are. Wherever you are. Like when your family members see you, they see Jesus. You might say now, well, that's a good spiritual thing to say. But it's true. When God looks at you, it should be a reflection of himself. Right? Oh, I don't know how you're reacting because you have those masks on. I don't know if you're scolding me right now. <laughs> the Christian faith is a lot of things, but shallowness is not one of them. It's a true, meaningful, life-changing relationship with God. A true, deep, meaningful, life-changing relationship with God. A true, deep, meaningful, life-changing relationship with God. A life-changing relationship with God. Not just one time. God doesn't want to change you just one time. That's not when you give um, your, your life to him. Not just at salvation. But it's all the time. As you go deeper with God, we will continue to change and evolve in the person that he's calling us to be. Follow me. Going deeper. He is inviting you deeper for a purpose. He has great plans to use you in the coming days. You must not bypass this important season of your life right now. He's calling us deeper, church. He's calling the church deeper. He wants to shine the, the light to shine brighter amongst the church. He's calling us deeper, a deeper relationship with them. The one that doesn't waver when storm comes. The one, the one that stands and know that he's God in the midst of chaos. The light bearers who shine the light in darkness because to God is no such thing as darkness. It's just absent of light. So going deeper requires four things. And we're done. It's not even long. It's just four quick things. First one is hearing and accepting the invitation. Hearing and accepting the invitation. Back to verse 5 in our main text. It says, but Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down 
the net. See, a person has to decide that what they have heard and know to be true in the next step is whether or not they will accept the invitation to the truth. So remember, he actually heard the message that Jesus preached to the multitude. And it was not the first time that Simon met Jesus. He had other interactions with him. But this was the first time that Jesus called Simon out. And so, but he was kind of skeptical about Jesus' command. I mean, because if you, if you think about it, right, when the sun came up, the fish moved to the bottom of the lake. That's why they fished at night. They fished with a dragon hung over the, the side of the boat between two boats so they could not go deep with it. Plus, they fished all night and didn't catch anything. So Jesus talking about, go, let's go deeper. Man, we do. We've been out here all night. And how are we going to, if we go deeper, we're going to sink. We can't go deeper. So it didn't really make sense to Simon. But he says, nevertheless, I would drop my net. He heard the message and he accepted the invitation. So God has given us an invitation right now to go deeper with him. To go deeper with him. You know, I had my grandkids over uh, for a week and um, they... They, the, we had a great time, but they, the most fun they had was in, in our pool. And um, they, they went swimming almost every day. And, um, and so what I, I started to realize that what I consider shallow water, it was deep for them. Right? But these are some courageous little boogers. <laughs> the courageous little boogers. They didn't care how deep the water was. As long as they were with their G-Pot, they will go deeper. They will hold on to me, right, as I'm taking them to the deeper part of the water. The, the deeper we went, the more harder they held on to me. It didn't matter how deep they went, right, as they were looking into my eyes with trust, with trust. I am with my G-Pot. I am with my G-Pot. I am willing to go deeper. Shouldn't we be like that with our father, with our G-Pot, right? But I go deeper no matter. As long as I am with the Lord, I will go deeper. I'm going to hold on to you right now. I may not have all the answers in my life right now. I may not know what's going on. I don't know what's next in my life. But you know what, God? I'm holding on and I'm looking into your eyes. I'm looking into, take me deep. Take me deep. Take me deep. Take me deep. Take me to the unseen. Take me to the unknown. Take me deep. As long as we are with God, it shouldn't matter how deep we go. So the first one is hearing and accepting the invitation. We all are given an invitation to go deeper with him. The second one is 
commitment and action. A person has to decide that what they heard and know to be true, the next step is whether or not they will accept the invitation and commit to the truth. They commit to the truth. So here's Simon. He says, nevertheless, I will let down my nets. This is an act of his will, right? Letting down his net. He committed, he committed to it before Jesus did anything. He just committed to the, the message. He committed to the command. He committed to the command before Jesus did anything. Before Jesus did any miracle, did any blessings, he committed to what Jesus said before he, before he got blessed. So that's the action part. We act upon the commitment. He followed through. He committed. He committed by letting down his net. He let down, right, what was successful for him over the years. So his process that he had over the years, well, how he fished in the shallow part of the water, right, his perceptions, you know, just his process and all the things that got him success, that got him a lot of fish. The day that he came up empty, Jesus stepped in and just said, just let, just let down, just let down your neck. I'll, I'll take care of everything else. Just commit to what I'm saying first. And I'll take care of the rest. So maybe God has not showed up in our lives yet. He didn't do what he said he's going to do in our lives yet because we have not committed. We have not let down our net. Maybe he's just waiting because we always say, I'm just waiting on the Lord. I'm just waiting on the Lord. I am a firm believer. God's always waiting on us. He's looking for the church, looking for the church to say, just drop your net. I show you a different way to fish. I show you a different way to do church. I show you a different way to raise your family. I show you a different way to lead people at your jobs. Let down your net. We have to commit first. Then he'll do the rest. Oh, I hope you're at home shouting and jumping. Right? I need a little help this morning. See, God knows you are truly committed to him by your actions, not just your word. So then, so, so going deep requires four things. It's hearing and accepting the invitation, and it's commitment and action. And then look at the results. The results of Simon accepting the invitation is that he saw in the natural what he already saw, heard, committed to, and, and acted upon in his spirit. 
in life. I say that again. The results of Simon accepting the invitation is that he saw in the natural what he already what he he saw in the natural what he already heard, committed, and acted upon in his spirit. The result was he caught a bunch of fish. A boatload of fish. That was amazing. It was amazing. The fish was coming in the boat. Fish was coming in the boat. And he had to signal to the rest of them. Hey, come. We need your boat. We need your boat. He's going to fill. He's not just blessing me. He's going to fill your boat too. He's going to bless you too. What a witness. So when God blesses one, so when I commit to him, when I accept the invitation to go deeper, when I go deeper with him, I'm not the only one that would get blessed. Other people around me will too. Come on, you just bring your boat over. He will fill it too. What amazing testimony. Jesus spoke to Simon and the rest of them. God bless. Because he committed to the things of God before the blessing came. He's calling us deeper. He's calling us deeper. The results, he had a deeper revelation of who Jesus was. It's most important. had a deeper revelation of who Jesus is. The deeper we go, the more revealing Jesus is to us. The deeper we go. He's calling us deeper. Would you stand with me? We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.